Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, hello, and thanks for listening and coming with me as we explore the human side and impact of crime. And just a couple of things I'd like to ask you to consider. Firstly, my guests share their personal stories, which others may see differently. No one will see a situation the same. It's just human nature. Uh, secondly, my podcasts aren't suitable for children and some adults for that matter. So please consider if it's right for you and contact Lifeline or any other support service if you find yourself affected by my subject matter. Drug trafficking, slavery, gun running, rape, theft, fraud, organised crime, the whole broad ambit of it. I had far more variety of general crime in there than I ever did as a copper. Today we talk further with Dave McGowan, the CEO of Police Veterans Victoria PVV. We talk about Dave leaving policing and moving into the corporate world where he investigated corruption within that world and what a surprise it was for him to learn about the amount of corruption. He then shares with us how and why he joined PVV initially as a peer support worker. Dave and his team at PVV are using open arms as their yardstick and they're making some inroads. Open arms is a support service for ADF, uh, the Navy, Army and Air Force personnel and their families. It's hard to believe to me that police aren't part of that group. Dave tells us about the country Dave found to be the most corrupt and how the amount of money one could offer was how and if they sorted out issues. He tells us how the white-collar crime that he was investigating involved murders, drug trafficking, slavery, gun running, rape, theft, fraud, organised crime, basically the whole broad ambit. He tells us about the inconsistency and hypocrisy in dealing with fraud cases of a senior executive, for instance, compared to a teller and his role as CEO of Police Veterans Victoria PVV and how he's moved mountains in a matter of a few years. Dave really is making veterans matter. The criteria for a PVV vet is to have done one day of service as long as they've been sworn in. Uh, there's so much support for defence vets, but police had nothing until 2014 when Vicky Key started the ball rolling. 
We even talk about Noddy. Would you believe? Remember Noddy? Not everybody will remember Noddy, but I have lovely memories of Noddy. Uh, I loved him as a kid. Uh, And Dave and PVV are also thinking about how to improve VicPol's exit strategies to have a dignified exit strategy rather than the one at the moment or when I left. Uh, I don't know if it's changed all that much, which I've got to admit was pretty dismal. Anyway, thanks and uh, hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Now, so you then leave uh, in 2000, you left policing yep. because this this um, fantastic uh, job or opportunity came up. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the exposure that you said you had to corruption when you left, left VicPol yep. and you worked, you know, in the corporate world? Did did that level of corruption in that world surprise you? It really did. I wasn't. I wasn't sure. I was. I went into this role. It was one of the one of the banks, and um, I went into this role. People would say, "Oh, have you got a? Um, have you got a? Did you, you in the fraud squad? Did you have a fraud background?" I said, "No." No, I was in the armed robbery squad. I had that that was my relationship to banks, and I was thinking we were going in to do you know white collar crime, but um, the exposure I had in there was extraordinary. Um, corruption at the highest level. People and money are a very interesting combination, Narelle, and uh, just make sure what I learnt was not to get in the way of the money. Um, that's when you lose friends and supporters, and we're not. Like we're not a, we, we weren't a statutory authority. We didn't have any power. We were just employees of the organisation. So um, yeah. it's a very difficult um, tightrope to walk when you're trying to navigate all of that. But the stuff that we were exposed, that we had investigations with, ranged from homicides. We had two murders. Um, one Two murders? Two murders. We had um, both call centre employees, one... The most, the more recent one was a guy called Zandapur, and he he was at McDonald's down in St Kilda Road early hours of the morning. Um, an Indigenous guy from Melbourne Uni, very smart young man, was out celebrating, yeah. had a lot to drink. Decided to stop on the way back to uni to get some macas. Happened to bump into this bloke because of his state of intoxication, and this individual took offence at that. So he got up and threw him to the ground and kicked him to death. Um, um, so it was one of those jobs where the the investigations really con- was contained to the scene. It was all on CCTV. Mm-hmm. Homicide mm-hmm. rang me on a Saturday morning as I was heading out the door saying, we've got this scene, it's what we've got. There's a receipt on the ground. We need to find out who belongs to it because that's the offenders. Not only, was, not only did we identify the offender, but that offender turned out to be an employee and was um, promptly, promptly arrested. So there's that at one end right. of it. Yeah. Uh, drug trafficking. Yeah, you wouldn't think of that. Yeah, you would not, go on. No, drug trafficking, no. Um, slavery, gun running, um, rape, theft, fraud, organised crime, um, the whole broad ambit of it. I had far more variety of general crime in there than I ever did as a copper. Um, really? That, what, that surprises what about, me. What about the slavery, Dave? What, no, I was an employee that, that had a housekeeper that they pretty much kept as a hostage for a number of years until the – Housekeeper got really sick and had to go to hospital and said, I've been held prisoner. Police got called. Um, mm. A lot of the work came that way by, by the police making contact with, with us. Um, mm. 
but yeah, I mean, you know, it's really every organisation, including the police force, is a cross section of the community we all live in, and we have all that crime um, in this in the community, and those people generally all work somewhere. So by by chance, um, mm. th- they're in there. Yep. Mm. Mm. And you're right. M- money, money is a it's a powerful thing, isn't it? People do a lot of things to. Um, I don't know, gain money, get more money, and I suppose are you talking like um, executive level yeah, um, corruption? Yeah, very senior levels. Yep. But the but the approach was always different. It was you'd say it was inconsistent, and I'll I'll give you an example of that. Uh, senior executive commits a couple of thousand dollars worth of credit card fraud. Um, told me best you resign over this one, so resigns gets a very a very glowing reference, a nice send-off, all lovely things said about that person as they leave and don't worry about repaying it. We'll just put that down as a business expense. That's a business decision to make on that. At the same time they did that, uh, a bank teller who stole $5 because she was over um, was sacked and they insisted that that person be prosecuted to um, <laughs> to make a stance and um, shown that we don't tolerate it. That's... That, yeah. that was a hard one to that was a hard one to navigate. Oh, that's so well. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's unfair. Yep, it's just inconsistent mm. hypocrisy. So you know, when yeah. we say we don't tolerate corruption, we don't mean us. We mean them. I mean, the yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and in that role, you um you formed like you went there. I was going to say only you went there uh, from Vicpol. And you obviously um, um, worked your way up to a, a senior role, did you? Yeah, well, I stayed within the within the investigations unit. I went in as a yeah. regional manager, then a national, and then I took over. Um, and then over about fifteen years, so we set, I set up teams in uh, New Zealand. Already had a team. Then there was Fiji, PNG, Indonesia, Vietnam, Cambodia, India, Philippines, Hong Kong, and Singapore. Yeah, a um, lot of fun, lot of fun. Got to go to places and see things I would never have done as a copper. So um, yeah, and they yeah. were great people. The the local investigators in the were were, were not expats. They were locals. Um, Huang, my mate in Vietnam, was a was a policeman. Um, got a law degree. Came in great fella. Very good investigator. Tony Tony up in PNG. Another. Bank guy, but really, really good fellow. And, you know, you get to, they become the family. They sort of treat it like policing, whereas you knew their families, you went to their homes when you were in their country and um, great experiences, yeah, and really good people. You, you couldn't run those jobs with expats. You, you had to have local knowledge. You had to have local people. Hmm. Yeah. How did you go f- uh, forming your team in um, PNG? Because I believe that's um – that was a bit of an eye opener. Yeah, it is an eye. It is an unusual place. Um, well, you kind of either bring in coppers and teach them banking, or you bring in bankers and teach them policing. Oh yeah. And so yeah. PNG, they were um, bank bank guys, but just and you got to know, you got to understand, you got to have product knowledge, and you got to have systems knowledge. The investigation part is is easier to teach. In that, you know, um, here's how you do an interview. Write this down. Who, what, when, where, how, why. Stick with that. Um, don't spend all day. 
just get their answer and move on. And then it just comes with experience and teaching them. And um, Tony, we brought Tony down from P&G to Melbourne for two weeks. He'd never left the country. And he's a wow. great fella, a really good guy. And, um, well, he found McDonald's. He never had that before. But Tony put on 10 <laughs> kilos in two weeks because he found out that McDonald's didn't shut. So he could get up and he had it for breakfast, lunch and dinner. He loved it. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I remember yeah. they rang me when he went back and said, what the hell did you do to him? <laughs> hey, hey, what about um, you said all those countries that you uh, started investigation teams or investigative teams, was there a country that you thought was more corrupt than others? Cambodia. Was there one that – Cambodia was the most. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. In what sense? Cambodia and Indonesia a little bit. Cambodia in, in that there was facilitation payments. You know, you want something done, you pay us. Um, you've recovered this mm -hmm. much money, then you give us half of that money if you want us to investigate. So there were decisions that had to be made that we, we don't make facilitation payments. Um, we just won't prosecute it. If the, if the local law enforcement require a payment, then that's not going to happen. So, so would that mean they'd get away with that? Yep. If you didn't. Yep. But that's <gasps> okay. that's that's a bigger issue that we don't need to be concerned with. You just got to protect the organisation, okay. move the problem away. Yeah, yeah. And if the local yeah. authorities don't take it further, um, so, so be it. Um, there was another one in Indonesia. They had this um, call center area, and they would um, they would get kickbacks from. Um, third parties to put booths up in shopping centres, the shopping centre would, would pay money to put the bank's booth there to sell product. Well, these guys would, yeah. would pocket that money and put it into a big account and at the end of the year they'd have a holiday. So there's about 20 of them and um, they went, their holiday was to fly from Jakarta to Melbourne, get on a bus, drive to the Twelve Apostles, then drive up to Mildura, then across to Sydney and be back in four days. Didn't seem like a holiday to me, but um, <laughs> that was the holiday they had. And one guy got cut out of the trip, so he went and blew the whistle on the whole lot of them. Um, and it had been a nice little little rort for a, for a long time. Yeah, there's a saying, isn't there, Narelle? It's only a rort if you're not part of it. So um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so true. Yeah. So um, yeah. So that's um, that was how another one of those came out. But um, those developing countries uh, are very interesting. Cambodia was particularly challenging. Um, yeah. I had a really yeah. big one in Vietnam, million dollar Aussie million dollar fraud, and um, we had to tread very carefully because if the police thought that we were. Uh, encroaching in that space, uh, we were mm -hmm. quite easily being detained. But but our local guy had the relationship, so um, he was doing it. We were just advising. Seemed Jeez, to work quite well. To, you'd have to trust him. Well, you would trust him with yeah, your life, and do, wouldn't you? And I do. Really brilliant fella. Yep. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose we better get on to your role within um, Police Veterans Victoria mm. uh, because. It's cap, uh, catapulted into now becoming a lifeline of sorts, really, to so many veterans suffering suffering uh, mental health difficulties, who really had been forgotten and basically left to their own devices. Yeah. 
until really until you came along, PVV. Um, so PVV have now given them, us, because <laughs> I'm a, a veteran now, um, support on so many fronts and in so many ways. You must feel really proud of what you've achieved in, in such a short time. Yeah, I am, Narelle. It's really, re- it's very rewarding. It's probably the most important job I've ever had. Um, and I never expected to circle back into the police family, not after... 20 odd years out of it but um yeah but here I came and, and it's got an interesting journey and it's um so for those who don't know it's probably worth just giving a quick rundown on its history yes please yeah, started yeah. in 2014 um was really kicked off by Vicky Key um so hats off mm-hmm. to Vicky um she started helping out some um, veteran members in her own time uh, called on some other supporters like Mick Cummins and a few others that started to get bigger and bigger, and as people heard about what she was doing, they were coming to her. Graham Ashton was the chief commissioner of the day, found out about it and said, you know, we can't uh, we can't have volunteers doing something this important, so yeah. let's professionalise yeah. it. So Graham and Wayne Gatt, they got their heads together, did a big fundraising walk to get some seed money and kicked off what was initially called Police Veterans Support Victoria. In its infancy, it... Uh, it sort of had a few challenges um, after it's stumbled a bit, I would be, would be fair to say. Um, then I came into it two years ago next week, actually. Um, so you've only been in that role two years? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, gee, you've done a lot in that two years. <laughs> it's been mm. very busy, yeah. So yeah, I, came, yeah. I came on. I started off putting my hand up to be a, a volunteer, um, peer supporter, and then I was asked if I was interested in running it. And I said, "Yeah, it's it's a good cause, and it needs it needs it. It was good for me. Mm. It was good for the cause. Mm. So I came in, pretty much knocked mm. it down, and started it again, including the change of name. Um, I got some good people, some good corporate people that came on board um, through Clive Scott from the Sofitel, who's the GM, and Clive called on some of his mates, and we got a little corporate committee going, and um, we had some discussions about our marketing and our profile and." One of them was quite funny. He said, um, PVSV, <clears throat> what the hell's that? It sounds like a disease. You need to change, change that name. I said, what? Well, I didn't think of it. So um, Richard Henderson, yes. international brand specialist, he said, leave it with me. So Richard came back and said, here you go. So the logo and the branding we have now is courtesy of Arco. And wow. so we became yeah. Police Veterans Victoria. So we really only dropped one word. Um, yeah, but yeah. police veterans being the dominant name and Victoria being more the locator with the intention that we roll this out across every strait. We want to nationalise mm-hmm. it. So um, mm. police veterans Queensland is, is well in the planning stages and we hope the other states will, will follow suit. So um, so we started with that. Um, we got some – we got a supporter to help build a website. We got our – compliance obligations done we registered with the charities commission all those things and then we started to promote the cause and what we saw was that field of dreams you know that movie if you build it they'll come what we did was we built a service and the veterans started um coming in in vast numbers so in the first year our referrals went up 500 percent we went from two or three a month to 25 30 a month um the range of people that we were supporting went from um, a few people that were, you know, struggling in nursing homes and stuff to um, our youngest veteran is a 28-year-old female who we're supporting and the oldest was a 97-year-old male. 
Aww. Bill, Bill emailed yeah. me. Bill, this is brilliant. How did you How did you know about it? So he goes, oh, I found you on the internet. I said, oh, you're doing my heading. Oh, yeah. how good is that? So, um, what was his name? Bill. Bill, is it? Bill. Bill, yeah. Oh, God love Bill. Um, still yeah. going yeah. out of Danny now. And uh, I should remember yeah. his name now, but I can't remember his last name. Bill, yeah. Bill Irving, yeah. I think. Anyway, retired chief yeah. super. Uh, great guy. Love, fascinating story. So... Um, the yeah. more what we found was that the more we promoted it, and the more we started engaging uh, veterans, the more that would come and join, and then those yes. that became yep. aware of what we did um, would spread the word, and it just became self-fulfilling. But it's not really. It started off as a um, mental health support based on the veteran peer support program. So, veterans with lived experiences, you know, like like what you and I have had. Um, yeah. who can empathise and, and understand what some of our uh, veterans are struggling with, have a better connection. So, but it's not a – it's a buddy program, for want of a better term. It's not – it runs parallel to the professional support and counselling that's provided. Um, we have a very good relationship with VicPol. We, we have to have because um, we yeah. can't do it as a standalone and VicPol have an ongoing obligation for their – for their veterans, for the serving and veteran members. And so that's that's been quite helpful. Um, we've built that out. We've now got Shane Patton as our patron, which is really important oh, for us. Oh, yep, um, yeah. For those who don't know, he's, he's our chief, chief commissioner. Our, listen to me. It's like I've never left. Our, he's <laughs> the chief commissioner. Well, he's yep. Victoria's, yep. so he's ours, you know. We're all Victoria's. Yeah, <laughs> um, yep. So that's really important for us. And it's not just symbolic, actually. It's an, in, it's an endorsement Um and we absolutely have a seat at the table now around what that support mechanism is like um, mm. and sort of the things that we see, um, post-traumatic stress is the obvious one. Um, there's a lot of debate, and I don't know where you stand on this, whether it's a disorder or an injury or what it is. I don't like disorder. Funny you, funny you say that, Dave. I've, I've changed um, the way I talk about PTSD now is – I refer to it as PTSI because I think it was actually our dear friend, Keith Banks. And he's the one that said to me, I was doing a show with him and I remember referring to it as PTSD and he said, I don't like to refer to it as PTSD because a disorder uh, has a negative uh, connotation to it, the word disorder. And he said, it is an injury. And so he refers to it um, as PTSI, yeah. and I really like that. And I believe uh, I don't know enough about it medically, uh, but I do think it is an injury rather than a disorder. It Ooh. is a psychological injury yeah. rather than a physical injury. That's right. Yep. And so yeah. the medical yeah. fraternity—that's their—that's their medical term for it. But I don't like it that's either. Right. It has a permanency about it, and it's it, it is yeah. like the the issues that you have live with you, but you don't. You still live. You still you can still yeah. get on with your daily life and have it. Yeah. So um. Yeah. yeah I know we need and to. I'm te- have, and I'm test and I'm testament to that. Absolutely. You know, I was yeah. diagnosed. God, how long in twenty twelve? Yeah. And uh, yes, it was devastating at first, but uh, you learn to manage these th- just like anything, mm. any injury. Mm. You know. Um, or, I'm sure that yeah. there's a lot of veterans out there that have an undiagnosed post traumatic stress injury that they. Um, oh yeah. Don't really know what they, you know, two generations ago you had a nervous breakdown. No one knew, knew what right. it meant. 
now shell shock, shell wasn't shock it, from years the ago. war and yep. Yep. nervous breakdowns yep. in the general community. Well, um, how can you not? If you've spent more than five years doing operational policing, mm-hmm. you're going to have some of that in you. It's yeah, about yeah. recognizing it and managing it. It's quite fascinating. I had a, a talk recently about identifying cumulative trauma and it's part of the training that we give our volunteers to try and recognize mm-hmm. it and make sure that the person they're supporting goes and gets the right treatment for it. But just being able to identify that first incident where this started and putting closure around that is really important. But a lot of them don't even think about it and they don't think about it until they're well into their retirement years and have too much time to think uh, or see things, but, but, you know. But, but also, Dave, I think that um, a lot, and I am in this uh, in this group, a lot might think there was something not quite right, but mm. they're not prepared to accept it because or tell somebody because by telling somebody that means you have to admit it to yourself and that's a very, very difficult thing to do. And my concern, and I think a lot of others was as well, was that if you did happen to tell somebody mm. that you didn't think you were managing too well or travelling too well, the first thing they do is take you off the road. Mm. And that's the last thing on earth I wanted. Yeah. And so that was the risk. Do I say something and be taken off the road and then, you know, your your firearm locker is, you know, do not um, uh you know, allow neural access or, you know, a big cross on my, my, you know, it was just, oh, it was humiliating yeah, and it shouldn't it be that it's way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. a lot of the stigma I think has passed, but the understanding is a long way off being where it needs to be. Um, yeah, I'm only it is. starting and it, and to understand bits of it. We, totally, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and But the, uh, but PVV, uh, what um, I've learned through just doing a bit of research for today is that, yes, mental health is a very important point, but it's not just veterans with mental health issues that you help, is it? Like you have a, a huge range of services. Can you yep, help we are. us a bit or tell us a bit about that? Yep. So like I said earlier, it started off with a mental health focus and that's still an important aspect of it. But what we want is for everyone who leaves the job to, sign, to join us doesn't cost you any money you become a police veteran straight away and then you be you get to be part of that community that you spent your working life with two biggest triggers for um, members when they leave the job is their loss of purpose and their loss of community and it's it's really um, it's raw isn't it Narelle? even if you go on to another yeah. role yeah. you've I'm, I'm the protector and now I'm not that anymore mm. I've I remember when I left, I had to no gun, no Freddy, no had to buy a train ticket. How the hell? How does that work? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I have to pay full price at McDonald's? Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, and then you feel very, it's very, you feel very exposed. And then when you've lost your mates around you, then you're then you've lost your camaraderie, and then you've got no one. Yeah. And then they withdraw, yeah. and that's when we see a big, a really big spiral. So part of it is. Let's, um, let's wrap our arms around the ones that need support and we'll help them as a community like we did when we were in the job. But also mm-hmm. the ones that leave the job happy and healthy and content, and the vast majority are, let's see what we can do to keep them happy. Um, do, you, do you really think that, Dave? Do you really think that most people that leave the job are happy and healthy? Because I, I 
I can't see that myself. Most of the people that I know that have left are, I'd have to say the majority, not me, are bitter and twisted. Uh, I guess I'm reflecting on my generation of um of my time, yes, the yep. ones that left. Yeah. No, it's, yep. there are well, maybe not most. There's quite a lot that mm. that um, had great careers yes. and reflect on it. There's a bit of bitterness. I, I, I agree, um, which is unfortunate, and um, it's hard to hard to overcome that. They just need some of them just need a bit of time, and um, you I know agree. we had this. Um, you and me, we're the same. I love the job, but the job never didn't love me back. Well, it can't, yeah. can it? It's not a, it's not a person. It's an entity. It's a thing. But you don't think that. I joined the police family, and then the police family turned their back on me when I left. And it's that's what's raw. A lot of the bitterness comes from those who, who are ill health retired and they're cast out. Um, you know, they've been off they've for a while. They've got no purpose. That's right. No. They've got no purpose anymore. No. And yeah, they don't hear yeah, from anybody. Yeah. Like they're still serving but nope. they're on long-term sick leave. Nobody did a phone check on me. I'm gone and forgotten. Nope. I'm just a number. Um, yep. Yep. And that's that um, festers a lot with them. Um, yeah, oh. it does. But, but also I wouldn't have thought it was that hard to show your appreciation uh, I don't mean you as as in mm. Victoria Police. I think they need to do a lot more in showing appreciation for what yeah. members have given. You said before about the love. What was that expression you said? Yeah, um, I love the job, but the job didn't love me back. Yeah, yeah. Mm. The, the job doesn't have to love you back, but I think the job could um, give you a lot more uh, but that's what, in my view, that's what PVV are doing mm. that Victoria Police aren't. Yeah, mm. yeah. We definitely, mm. we definitely feeling a void. Um, oh, and then yeah. in yeah. time, we will become more significant. Um, there's still, we've still got a lot of challenges, Norella, around awareness. So part of what we're doing is promoting that. And I genuinely don't believe the public have a lot of understanding. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. ...of what police go through in protecting them as a community. And the more talks we do, and we've got a speakers bureau we've set up, we've modelled that off Beyond Blue, um, where we've got veterans that are signing up doing talks to service clubs and police units about this is who we are, here's what we're trying to do, Here, here's what police go through. The, these, are, these are the experiences they have. Can you imagine putting yourself in that position? What, what profession is there? other than military who go into a conflict um, zone, that you go to work where people are actively seeking to kill you. None other. <laughs> but coppers <laughs> do it every day. They, they, they're not, they, they, they say in the military you train every day for a one-day event. Um, well, policing you train one day for an everyday event, and that's generally on the van, isn't it? <laughs> and oh, yeah. sometimes you are stepping into a war zone, and there's people out there do try and kill you and maim you and damage you and threaten you and do all sorts of things and coppers put themselves up day and day and day again again and again and again do it for the that cause. seems to be happening i don't know but it seems to be happening more to me that people are trying let's say suicide by cop mm. or they're trying to run police down with cars yep. and like oh, that didn't well unless i was you know um under a rock that didn't happen anywhere near as often as it seems to be happening now. No, it didn't happen in my day, not at all. No. Um, it was yeah. If there was a crash in a pursuit, it was generally because the, the the police car came a cropper. It wasn't – we weren't being rammed and attacked. No. Um, like yeah. you see now. No. Uh, society's very complex. Look at the kit they got to wear. I think it's about 15 yeah. kilos. There's that many escalation, de-escalation options in there. Um you know, my day yeah. would just oh, yeah. you had a oh. gun and some handcuffs. Is it? <laughs> yep. Um, so and and don't ever don't ever forget we had a handbag as ladies. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we <laughs> that's where we put the gun. No rude comments there, thanks. No. But that's where we had to put our gun was in a bloody handbag. Mm. I mean, seriously. I know. Oh my. God. But I mean, how about the way, oh. you, like the policewoman's uniform was was a skirt? How 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 serious can you be? That's that's what you wear on the van. <laughs> I know. 
yeah. and I did. That's, yeah, I can remember a couple of, yeah, sort of shocking a couple of poor offenders uh, jumping <laughs> over fences and hitching up my skirt. <laughs> Not pretty. <laughs> no, and like I remember oh, I when I started there was um, the policewoman division had only just ended and so we had two girls on the roster at South Melbourne. Um, yeah. That was like a huge yeah. shock. Oh, what the wow! Yeah. What do we do now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and so we have uh, gone a little bit far mm. without me coming back to ask you. When you said you joined um, uh, P- PVV as a peer support worker, mm. there was something that um, happened which really made you want to join PVV, wasn't it? It was. It was the four members that were killed on the freeway. Yeah, can so, you tell us about that? Yeah, for those, you know, we assume everybody knows about that. It was such a traumatic event. But I think it was April two, two years ago. Um, COVID was in, was in play, wasn't it, um, or the beginnings of it at least. Oh, yeah. So those four police were mowed down on the eastern freeway by that drug-crazed um, driver of that truck after they pulled over that other individual, um, yeah. was hugely traumatic. And yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> when that happens and you're out of the job, you don't mourn with the membership because you're not part of them. You don't mourn yeah. with the public because you're not part of them. You're in this no man's land. I tried to ex- describe that to Shane Patton once in a conversation and he looked at me quizzically and I said, until you leave, you won't understand that. But you yeah, feel right. inadequate and uh, I don't know, I need to do Directionless, something. Directionless, isn't yeah. it? You, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't step forward, I can't step back. And so you look beside yeah. you and there's no one else. So now there's the veterans. So that was the prompt. Uh, a good mate of mine, Mick Hayes, um, Mick was in the job. He said, oh, have you heard of this police veteran stuff? They have veteran peer supporters. Um, I'm going to do it. You should do it with me. I said, oh, okay, yeah, let's do it. So that's how we first found out about it and started to get involved and um, it was from there that um, the job came up to run it. I was the only employee mm. for the first six months. It was just me. It was good. No employees mm. to manage. <laughs> well, ho- well, that might have been, yes, that that was a um, a good part of it, but now you hopefully you get more and more employees to manage uh, because of you know PVV will hope well I don't think we hope it, it is just getting bigger and bigger. Yep. So what do PVV now offer to veterans? Uh, well, we offer a community. Um, we offer opportunities to give back to your to your mates that you worked with through the peer support program. We offer. Uh, a social group. So we have a Get Social page on our website that lists all the various groups that catch up. And there, that's, that community is very important. Um, and we've got a lot of people that are moving around the state, so they might retire from metropolitan Melbourne and head down the surf coast. Well, there's a group down there that meet up. Um, there's a really good group in Ballarat that Barry Trainer runs, and they're very active. So it's, it's a community to connect with. Um, then we've got well, some limited benefits. That's something that we'd like to, to build out in time um, that we can get corporates on board to say, you know what, it's, um, you looked after us, we'll look after you now and here's some benefits that we'll run. There was yep. They sort of set something up in the original model but it just was very limited and um, too costly to try and run it so we had to abandon that. Okay. That's something I'd like yep. to look at. Uh, we'd like to introduce 
Blue Tasker, that's what I've called it, uh, where we can get veterans that help each other out. You know, not everyone wants to be a peer supporter, but you might be happy to chop down a tree or do a clean up at a yard because someone's uh, isn't able to cope or walk the dog. I don't know. Um, okay, that's yeah. something that we want to we want to um, build out as well. But mostly, it's about having a community that we that we strengthen and foster and that we're there to help each other out. Mm. And then there's the family and that, members. And that we're not and we're not forgotten. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that's a very good point. Tell us about the family members. What do you offer them? Well, we offer the same support that we would offer a veteran. And it's early days and we did some research. We know that the partners are often the silent victims in, in this. And so everybody focuses on the, on the police member who's suffering from post-traumatic stress, but who's supporting... Mm. The partner, and they're left mm. to their own devices, and they have have um, terrible ordeals. Some of them in trying to manage it, but they don't. They don't have any network to go to. And we've had quite a few that have come to us in the last twelve months, saying, "I'm a veteran's partner, and I've got all these issues, and my my child is now mid twenties and has been diagnosed with vicarious post traumatic stress because." of the trauma of living in the house with, with his father who was suffering. Wow. So there's that yeah. knock-on effect. And there's no there's no real support for them in any way. Like welfare might support police members and families, but once you're in a veteran status, you're on your own. And that doesn't happen in the defence. It's just a – it's a travesty, Narelle. It really is that there is mm, mm. so much support for defence veterans and good on them. They deserve it. Yes, but, I agree. Yeah, but yeah. But they've got Open Arms, which is the benchmark for us. Open Arms has 500 staff around the country supporting some 80,000 defence veterans and families. Yeah. Um, mm. And everything is covered by the government, but we have nothing. You know, a veteran – if you've got a police veteran in Mildura and a defence veteran, they both need to be hospitalised at – psychiatric hospital, say Ward 17 out at, out at Austin, then the defence guy will get flown down, we'll get all the treatment, we'll have an officer from the army nearby, we'll come and oh, visit, gee. they'll get everything they need and taken home and supported and counselled and the police veteran has to get their own way there. Um, I was going to say that with all due respect, they'd, have, they'd get zip. They get nothing, um, yep. which is just a disgrace. Yep. So we've tried to highlight that. We, we are only funded by donations. Um, that funding model's good for a couple more years, um, and we hope that we, that we will get that government funding, but we don't have it yet. Um, I did ask the government, the police, the previous minister was. They're all very supportive in principle, but um, we just want them to follow up now. Mm, I, I must say, I couldn't agree more. My husband had to. Oh, I don't know how he did. To be honest, to put up with um, with me and just the trauma that I was experiencing, but he really did it on his own, and and I think he would have appreciated. I don't think he would actually have a fairly typical man, and I don't mean this derogatory, but a fairly typical man that he wouldn't reach out. But I think if somebody would have rung him. Uh, and said, how are you travelling? I believe your wife's been diagnosed with PTSD. Mm. I know he would have opened up and spoken. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I, I think that's really, really important, Dave, yes. to, for, the, for the families because it must be horrendous to watch somebody you love just in so much um, 
pain. Yeah. In pain. Yeah. Mm. And then yeah. the quest, the quandary they have is, well, have I done something to contribute to this? Should I have done something differently? Like, you yeah. know, he used to, oh, I liked, I drank because I liked to drink, but he, he drank because he medicated. I didn't realize That's that. Right. But there's, a, yeah, yeah. there's some misguided guilt. And, and maybe if there was a better network around, they could understand. It's not. It's not you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And so, um, is there a criteria to be a veteran? What, uh, what one is day, considered one a day. veteran? Well, really, it's one oh, day really? service. So once you're sworn in, sworn in in one day service becomes a veteran. And some are a bit tr- conf- a bit troubled by that. They think it's not enough. But what's what's enough? Um, we, we adopted the defence definition, and this is which is what we're stuck with. But do you say, okay, you need to have done a year? What if you did um, eleven months and you were involved in a shooting incident? Does that make you ineligible? No, it can't. One of the guys, one of the poor, one of the members that were killed on the freeway was only a trainee, brand new. I think he'd been out a week. Um, one of the guys that shot that lunatic in Burke Street outside Pellegrini's, trainee, mm-hmm. been out two months. So, yeah, you know, right. mm. some some members will see, experience things in their first two months of policing that some may never see in 40 years. But there's just no. So our definition is very broad. And even then, you know, we, we let interstate veterans join us because there's nothing for them. Um, we let family members and associates in. Um, it's generally restricted to police and PSOs, but some unsworn, some of the civilians that say worked in crime scene you know what i've seen this year haven't they so oh, we try and be as inclusive as we can we don't we don't exclude anyone and we don't apply a character test um it doesn't matter what the circumstances are of you leaving um you're a veteran and you're welcome to join us and you, if you need oh, to be supported is- we'll do it uh, how cool. Yeah, that's lovely. It's all encompassing. It's yeah. um, it sounds like you don't say no to anyone almost. No, we don't. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, how can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, what's your vision? Your wish? Your hope for the next five years with PVV? And I know five year plans work yeah. because don't get me onto football again. <laughs> but I'll. Ne- I thought it was. A brilliant um, – what Brendan Gale did with Richmond yep. is he put in a five-year plan. He put it up for everybody to um, uh, criticise, to uh, poke fun at, but he had a five-year plan Ooh. and it bloody worked. He did. It's amazing. Yep. So what? what's PVV's well, um, five-year plan? <clears throat> we don't have a five-year plan yet, Narelle. We, th- we do have a three-year plan, which we're two years into, oh, okay. it, and we've yep. largely yep. achieved all of those. So it, it's time for a, um, for a rejig on our, on our strategic direction. But what I want in the next – in the next five years, I'd like to see, uh, obviously, a police veterans in every state and territory and federally, a federal a federated model where there's a national body at the top that provides the technical and legal and other support, but each state running their own veterans organisation that we um, that we support because we've got veterans that all move all over the place. You know, we've got a yeah. we've got a whole group up You're at right. the Sunshine Coast. They already catch up. Laurie Cuthbert runs the Sunny Coasters. We've got a group in Cairns. We've got some down south, down Mandraway near Perth. They're all over the place. So what we want is is for police veterans in every state and territory to be supported by the same organisation that we've developed. Um, okay. We want everyone who's who leaves to, to join straight away. 
some don't want it. Some leave the job and say, that's it, I'm done. Um, I don't want anything to do with any of it. Fine. But give them the opportunity and let them belong. So we've got 4,400. I think there's at least that many still out there that either don't know who we are or mm. haven't been encouraged to join. So I'd like to see everyone who served be part of us. Um, I'd like to see us offering better support to families and partners. I'd like to see us having our own medical people, our own counsellors that we can support veterans. Um, There are other partnerships in place, but they don't all work. And as you know, some veterans don't want to go back through the VicPol system and many are hugely traumatised by the workers' comp insurers. Um, I had one last uh, week. You're speaking, of, you're speaking of one of them. Yeah. Oh, that was um, a nightmare. But go on, yeah, you yeah. had one last week. So I had one yeah. last week who, who reached out, um, been out of a job for um, 18 years, had gone out, um, retired ill health, post-traumatic stress, father recently died, mum's in a nursing home, lives alone, got no contact, needs some help, absolutely will help you. This is what we'll do. We need to reactivate your um, insurance claim. No. Um, no, I don't think you'd do that. I, I can't. That's far too traumatic for me to go back to. So I said, okay, well, we'll yeah. just do it this way instead. So that's yeah. that's yeah. the impression that's been left on many of them. It's it's horrendous. Some of the experiences mm. we've seen. It was um, horrendous. Yeah. From from my point of view too, that was one of the hardest parts of um, being ill. Uh, yeah, from the job was um, having to prove how ill I was. Oh, mm. yeah, anyway. Yeah. And if you're, you know, if you're a fruit. Vietnam veteran from the war, that's automatically accepted. And if you're a police veteran and you've been out six years, it's automatically rejected. Um, that, really? That, yep. That thinking needs to change, doesn't it? Oh, big time. Mm. Yeah, big time. So there might be, oh, hopefully, <laughs> there's um, some veterans out there listening today. What's your message to them? Um, my message is if – Join and be part of us. If you need help, reach out. If you know people that need help, encourage them to come forward and, and be, in, be involved. Do, do, do good. Do good things. And, um, and we'll, we'll continue to look after our own. That's what we've always been good at. And that's yeah, what we're, yeah. we're trying to do again. Yeah. You do offer a lot of things with PVV, but one of them is uh, a very, very – uh, good, um, what would you call it? A very clever name about a podcast. Yeah, that's right. And, and I'm a bit, and I'm a bit dirty. I'm filthy actually because I wish I would have thought of it myself. <laughs> the best I could come up with was NFI, yeah. which I still do laugh a, a lot about. Not but bad. what's the name of your podcast? And can you give that a plug? Yeah, I definitely can. So, well, I've got a comms manager, Carla, who who's been with us for a year. Um, was a grad, came out of uni, um, gave her a start. She's done really great work. We started doing these podcasts like the one you and I are doing and Carla said, yeah. you know, we should really do our own. I said, good idea. Let's call it the Plodcast. And she said, why? I said, you know, Mr. Plod, no. I said, oh, come on, what? Carla, oh, Carla's, Carla's 24. about 19. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I said, don't, don't worry, Carla, everyone else will know who it is. She goes, well, who is it? I said, Mr. Plod. The policeman plod. 
No? Noddy? No. And I said, oh, my God. Okay. She doesn't know Noddy? She oh didn't know Noddy. Oh, my God, Charla. And then someone else said, you can't call it that. It's a joke. I said, of course it's a joke. It's funny. Let's put some humour into it. That's what the yeah, That's what – exactly. That's with NFI. People said, yeah. oh, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Come on. You know, it's a yeah. – yeah. So anyway, the podcast was born and we've launched it and yep. we've got about 12 in. So um, – on tape, I know that you committed to come and be on the other side of the mic, Narelle, which would be great. Um, oh, thanks for making that so public. <laughs> now I have to. No, I would anyway. Um, yeah, but yeah. it's good. It's a platform for people to tell their story, and everyone's got an interesting story, and um, it's great. It's entertaining. It's it's raising awareness, and um, it's engaging. So um, so we love it. If we get enough following, and then maybe we can sell some advertising and get some revenue out of it too. Yeah, well, good luck with that. I, yeah, it, it's uh, there's no money in podcasting, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but but like you, and in all seriousness, we don't do it for the money. We no. do it to expose uh, situations, people, uh, to help people, all sorts of stuff. So, um, yep. you know, it takes me – look, one of the main issues that I found, just going back to resigning and retiring, one of the main issues that I found with members who resigned or retired from VicPol for whatever reason, but this is going back to when I retired, was for those who've given years and years of service, valued service, and there'd be many more, but there's two of my friends who've given over 40 years of service mm. and the thanks that they got was a letter from the Chief Commissioner and a Certificate of Service. Mm. That's the last that um, they ever heard from Vic Paul and me too when I retired, apart from, you know, uh, my colleagues and, um, of course, many who are lifelong friends. And I'm not being ungrateful and maybe I was expecting too much, but for some of the sacrifices that a member makes, particularly in relation to their personal lives, mm. I just it just wasn't acknowledged and celebrated like it would have been, for instance, in the corporate or the business world. Like the police association, yes, they were the ones who wanted our service and they did very well at that. Yeah. I just wonder, am I putting us or me um, on an unwarranted, maybe egotistical even pedestal or is there more that can and should be done to celebrate and acknowledge a person's service, which is in some cases, like my friends, almost a lifetime. Mm. Oh, absolutely, they can do it better. And there are pockets that do it well, And but generally you rely on your workmates to give you a good send-off, don't you? Um, I remember yeah. mine. I had a great send-off from the police force, but it was only because of the work unit organised it. The organisation right. can and should be, should be better at it, and I think they're starting to put their mind to it. Last month, yeah. Shane... Patton hosted a medal presentation for about 32 veterans that came into the headquarters and he gave them their national service medals. Well, before that, you used yeah. to get it in the mail. Um, I remember my first one I got, I went into work one day at the robbers and it was sitting on my desk. <laughs> oh, this must be for me. Oh, I feel really honoured. <laughs> You know, yeah. people people in other in the corporate world or say, you know, the, the army or mm. military, like, they just it's hard to imagine, isn't it, that you'd walk in and oh, there's a medal on your desk or you know you get something in the mail to say thanks for your service. yeah I, I'm, and like I said, I'm not being ungrateful, but oh, I think they've got a lot of work to do. They do and um, some don't want it. that's fine, but give how about how about what would you like? 
how about your choice? Exit interviews are just processes, but what, what do you really want? I, I want to go to the academy and be marched off. Okay. I want to have a morning yeah, tea. I want, yeah. a, I want the div van to throw me in the back of the cage and drive me around the block. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so give them an option yeah. and give them a dignified exit because it, it, is, it, it is a cause of a lot of, of, a lot of bitterness mm. and resentment is yeah. the way that And I like exited. that, Dave. I, I like what you say about um, a dignified exit mm. rather than just, um, you know, see you later. So how can people contribute to PVV? What can they do? What do you need? How can they find you? Um, they can find us on our website, which is policeveteransvic.org.au or just search for Police Veterans Victoria. That will come up. We're on social media. So we've got LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Things that I'd never thought I'd be involved in, Narelle. <laughs> um, Ditto. <laughs> no, no. They can find us. They can find oh, us there. Yeah. You can donate yeah. if you want yeah. to donate funds. You can donate to us through the website. If you have connections with government, we would like you to lobby your local member of parliament or the minister and say you need to fund these people. This organisation mm. should not be run on tin rattling for such an important cause and get get yeah. behind it. How um, offensive, really. It is. Mm. It's really yeah. offensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a is, conversation yeah. with uh, Lisa Neville, and Lisa Neville was a very good police minister, no no doubt. But she said, yes. what, what is it you want? I said, well, we want funding. We want, the, we want mm. you to fund us to the same level that you fund defence veterans. Um, mm. And she said, oh, well, that's been going for a long time. I said, so? So what? Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I kept getting told yeah. that uh, we're a state issue. Well, defence is a Commonwealth issue. So why are you funding them and not us? Um, yeah, in fairness, yeah. we didn't exist until recently. So that's yeah. one lobby. Um, um, promote if you know veterans. Ask, get them to join if you know veterans that need help. Um, point them towards us. Um, and promote what awareness. What if you want to be a, superior, a, peer, a supporter? A, yeah. Peer. Yeah, yep. yeah, just go to the website. Go to the on the web on the page. You've got to be a veteran, obviously. Go to the get involved. There's a there's a link there. You just fill in the form and send it across to Beck, and Beck will assess it. And um, we run we've run three courses so far. It's a two day training course that we put our volunteers through, so they understand what's expected in the role. Um, mm. And um, the more we do, yeah. So we've got fifty-six at the moment. Um, we're really short up northwest and northeast of the state. So if you're particularly from those regions, um, sing out, get involved. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd love to sing out and I'd love to get involved, but I have a bit of a concern. I suppose I can always promote through my podcast and my website, mm. but I. With my 27 years and working with victims and witnesses, I don't mean to, you know, play the violin or anything, but I don't think I'd love to be a peer support worker, but I don't think I could Mm. because I think I have, they call it compassion fatigue in a way, and I think I don't know how I would deal with um, people that I feel fear that they would bring me down Mm. with, they're really sad, uh-huh. you know, disillusionment, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know if I can contribute. I, I couldn't contribute that way, but I, there's certainly other ways. There's other you ways, can contribute and, yeah. And I totally yeah. understand. I mean, I get a bit of it. Yeah. After a while, I, I tend to be doing yeah. managing more referrals as they come in, and some of them are really tragic. So it does. Oh, yeah. It does 
it, it does wear you down, um, no question. Got me but, into all sorts of trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. But then yeah, again, yeah. Um, it's not it, horses for courses. Um, not everyone's yeah, good for that. But, you, but obviously you're good at a chainsaw, so you could chop down some trees. <laughs> <laughs> I do have Melinda. It's called a, a mini boss. <laughs> and A mini boss, is it called? Yeah, it's a little chainsaw for, you know, yeah. ladies. Yeah, um, taking down doors, that's her, right. <laughs> no, I do have one at home, and it's fantastic. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any chain, any any trees you need lopping, yeah. but just little ones. Yeah. But uh, if I lock myself see- out, Darrell, I won't be calling you for that. <laughs> Don't call me. <laughs> anyway, look. Thanks, Dave. Thanks to you, your My staff, uh, the peers, support workers, who all work around the clock to try and provide a place where a veteran can feel listened to, which is so important. Acknowledged, respected and supported. It's just so important for those who need support, including the families, and let's never, ever forget the families of the veterans as well. Just have somewhere to go and someone to speak with. You you really are making a difference, Dave, and thanks. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Noel. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Dave. You will. Bye. Bye. It's Narelle here again. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcasts as much as we enjoy putting them together. But to make sure you never miss an episode of Narelle Fraser Interviews, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a rating and even a review. And please share it with all your friends too. And again, thanks for joining us. We have got some amazing stories to tell. So thanks again. See ya. Hello, guess who? Just a quick interruption here to let you know you can now become a Narell Fraser Interviews Patreon. How exciting! Simply go to www.patreon, that's P for Peter, A-T-R-E-O-N for Narelle.com and search for Narelle Fraser Interviews. And to all of you out there who continue to support me, thank you so much. 